And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, but Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io or check down below for the show notes to learn more. All right, friends, today we have a guest that I am very, very excited about, somebody that I have a storied history with and that I am very, very lucky to call a friend, as well as an amazing, phenomenal founder and innovator. We have with us Lanisha Frazier, co-founder of Bliss Books and Wine. Lanisha, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It's an honor. Well, of course. Uh, well, let's go ahead and crack right into it. So so tell us a little bit about your journey, Lanisha. Let's hear it. Oh, man. So this journey started back maybe like 10, 15 years ago. It's been a dream baby of mine for a while. Uh I've always just wanted a place where I can call my own and just have a glass of wine and read a book and relax. And it's just been on my heart for a while. Um, so it's, it came to fruition after many years of me grappling about it to my sister and my husband um, saying how I wanted to open up this spot or my dream that I wanted to provide for myself and other people like myself. Um, and so after many, many years and them tired of me talking about it they were just like just do it already and so um I took a leap and took a couple business classes and tried to get all of these big ideas down on paper and to figure out what it would look like and thus Bliss Books and Wine was created. So Lanisha one of the things that I find most interesting about your particular story is you're actually you're a physical therapist by trade are you not? Yes, yes. So that is, I, I say it as my day job, but I mean, this is my day job as well. Um, so that is what I went to school for. So I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, so I was a full-time physical therapist while we were starting um, Bliss Books and Wine. Um, I have now gone down to PRN and I do that on occasion. So I still do it throughout the week, um, but just not as a full-time gig. So, so bliss is your focus now, but talk to us a little bit about the journey. I mean, you told us, you know, people were kind of motivating you and saying, hey, like, fine, just just do the damn thing. You've been talking about it long enough. But internally, what did that process look like? Like, I'm about to leave this industry or maybe not leave, keep a toe in. But, you know, I'm about to change my industry focus. I'm going to become an entrepreneur, which... I'm going to be honest, I love physical therapists, give me all the steminists in the world, but I don't necessarily think of physical therapists as entrepreneurs. Maybe I should. But talk to us a little bit about what that internal voice felt like when you were trying to decide to make this huge change in your life. It was scary. 
<laughs> it was an internal battle out outward battle it was just a battle all around so here i am full-time physical therapist i have been wanting to be a physical therapist since i was a sophomore in high school so i knew from then that that is what my career was going to be um and so but this just kept nagging at me i just kept um feeling the need to move towards being an entrepreneur and you know i kept pushing it off i have a full-time job i have benefits i have a career i got kids and a husband like i got all of these responsibilities i'm not gonna just you know risk it all on, on this type of thing and it just and it was it was very spiritual to be honest it was a spiritual journal journey because yeah. god was just like oh no go ahead and do it and i'm like no god i mean i know you god and all but i'm like <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane. You know, this is, this is stable. This is safe. And so he was like, I'm going to make your life so unbearable until you have no choice, <laughs> but to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. And man, God, look, God is a man of his word. Um, so <laughs> the life was so unbearable and it was just, I became so unhappy with being a physical therapist, everything was just bothering me. The world just seemed to be closing in on me. And I would go into the bathroom and cry in between patients. Yeah. That's how unhappy I was. And my husband, Ralph, was just like, listen, this is <laughs> enough. He was yeah. like, we, we can do this. He was like, I got it. I'll put it on my back. I can do it. I want you to chase after your dream. And I fought him for like another six months or so. And I was yeah. just like, no, I'm fine. You know, really? you're just fighting everybody. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I can do this. And so, and so you know, he would, and one day he just looked at me and said, stop. I got you. Go oh. for it. And so we did it. I mean, so I dropped down. I mean, I was scary. I was shaking, you know, going from somewhere yeah. of stability to the unknown is 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 a lot for me i'm not a risk taker again i've known that this is the track i was supposed to be on since i was in the 10th grade so yeah. i am not a risk taker i am a planner i am type a right and so jumping into the unknown was so scary for me um and so and i did it and i mean i'm I, we never look back and it's just great. So I am really, really thankful uh, to my husband and, and well, support. There, there's a whole community out there that is very, very thankful for you deciding to to not just make that decision, but then to act on it. And, and I know that it was a long and arduous process. But the first thing that I want to talk about with you, because this is yet another piece that I love of the Bliss journey, is it's kind of a family affair. Um, so your co-founder is your sister, Lene, who, full disclosure, folks, Lene uh, is actually one of our IHKC board members. Um, and then, like, I've met your dad, you know, putting together shelves and, you know, for, for Bliss when you were trying to get up and running. And so, you, you know, Ralph, your husband, encouraging you to do this thing, like, this is really a, a family enterprise. Like it took the whole family. It took everybody coming together to make it happen. Now, my question is, what is that like? Because I got to tell you, like, I love my husband a lot, but I don't think we could work together every day. I, I don't have a sister that I, I would work with, you know, on a day to day. So like, that's my my comparison point. Mm -hmm. But talk to like, what is it like to work day in, day out with that that family involvement? 
so it, it's it's a family involvement, but it's, it's we have space as well. So I love my support system. Without the support system, Bliss would not be in existence. Wow. Um, so my dad, we call him the maintenance man. He does it all. Whatever we need him to do, he's he's going to do it. Whether it's coming to take out trash, recycle wine bottles, put up a shelf, you know, things along that nature. As long as he doesn't really have to interact, like the most he has to do is like give tours and that, you know, type of thing. But yeah, he's great. My mom and my aunt, they're there. So working with uh, my sister, um, well, she lives in Virginia. Yeah. So I don't have to see her and work with her on a day-to-day basis as one would think. (laughs) And so, I gotta tell you, the fact that she lives in Virginia, like, again, full disclosure, I bitch at Lene about that every single time. I'm like, you need to move back to KC. Come back. And she's like, no, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <But> continue. <laughs> yeah. And so it works. So, you know, she's there. I'm here. She does all the background stuff that we need with the social media and the marketing and the orders and, and things along that nature. Um, All the tech stuff that I am not great at, you know, she is really, really oh, good at. Great. And so that dynamic works for us. And then we kind of fall into that big sister, little sister thing anyway. So she's been bossing me around my entire life. So why not do it in business? Right. And so it still works. Um, My mom here, she's the techie person here. So whatever I can't figure out, or if I can't get in contact with Lene, I'm calling my mom and she's just figuring it out. YouTube and, you know, messing with the square and and things along that nature. So uh, my mom and my honor, really big support system. Our general manager is my sister-in-law. So Ralph's sister, Amanda Harrison. (laughs) I don't think I I knew that. (laughs) So she helps run the store with me. Like when I'm not here and things along that nature, she's also over the events side of bliss. Um, And so when you say it's a family affair, it really is a family affair. So she's here. And then, uh, of course, my husband is here and pumping us up every step of the way and whatever we need him to do. He's there. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. And I think it speaks to the kind of foundation of bliss books and wine. And so I remember right around the time that you were getting started, um, you, you got you kind of got started in the pandemic. You know, you started off as a virtual bookstore, um, but then you started to have like, you know, reading club book clubs. I'm like, what is the word? You started to have book clubs, and you started you started to draw in that community first with the long range vision always being that brick and mortar location that you wanted to open. But you started by building community, and it began with a base of your family. That was like that was a piece of community coming together to get this thing done. And then you started to bring in the outer community and engage and involve them, whether it was, like I said, those book clubs or whether it was asking people to sign petitions so that you could get that uh, brick and mortar in place. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But you you have always had a really, really strong lens and a strong focus on the community act, the community aspects of book selling and books and reading. And, 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 and I personally think that books, like they're a great unifier, you know, music, food, these cultural touchstones that we all love and have opinions on. These are things that we can all express and talk about. So, so talk to us about that community piece. Like how did you begin drawing folks in, helping them to understand your mission, getting their buy-in so that you could move forward? So, one of the founding reasons why uh, Bliss was created was I wanted a gathering spot 
for my friends. I have a group of friends that are so talented that I wanted a space uh, for them to just shine and showcase their talent. I remember sitting at a table uh, talking to my friend Stefan. It was just like, man, I really want Bliss to be this place where you can come and do your stand-up comedy. I remember talking to my friend Sheryl. I really want a place for uh, Bliss to be this place where you can come and do your poetry and doing your live music, like things along that nature. I have a group of friends that are so talented that I just wanted to create a safe space for them that they can just shine right yeah I wanted them to just shine and yeah. so that was kind of like the foundation behind it and I was like well I also want to gather in spot for people that are like me um who want to just go somewhere and sit down and read a book and not yeah. be bothered by anything else you know I don't want to be at a sports bar or a cigar lounge or anything like that I want to just go to a space and I want to read a book and I want to drink <laughs> and so that was the foundation of bliss. And so when we we were kind of hashing all of these things out, I was like, well, you know, this is more adults only, adults friendly type of thing. Um, So I also want to do some outreach to the kiddos because I, I love them, but I don't want them all up in the space for, for adults. Yeah. But I still want to do some outreach and reach out to the community and help them with books and literacy. So how can we then do that? So that's how we partner with Reach Out to Read KC. Um, so we can reach the kid community. Um, so it has always been a foundation for yeah. for Bliss to be a community gathering space for like-minded individuals to just come and just breathe in whatever their bliss is for them to find it in this space. Um, and so how we started off was that vision. And then we went to like pop-ups and we started doing events like that to kind of gather people and see who liked it, who didn't like it, uh, what their feel was. And then we did the online when the pandemic happened and we were just like, all right, well, we're all shut in. So let's talk about books together. Right. And so then <laughs> yeah. it just kind of grew from there. And so when people started showing up to the book club, it was like, oh, people want to talk about books. That's great. Let's bring in wine tasting. Oh, people want to drink wine while talking about books. Amazing. And, you know, so we just kind of started building on that and, and growing our community. And so one thing, I want to say about the pandemic was, yes, it was horrible. Pandemic was horrible. However, for Bliss as a whole, it allowed us to reach outside of Kansas City. Yeah. So not only was our community based in here in Kansas City, but then we started to reach in other states and other places where people can also feel like Bliss was a part of their community where they can come and gather online. So uh, we're really big into community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, back then you sure were, and you still are. It's it's definitely re reflected in your messaging and your marketing. Like that, that bliss is intended to be this very communal space. It does not belong to us. It belongs to the community. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I love that. That's the way that you steward that that community, uh, that community sense. So, what I want to know. Really quick, I want to talk about some of the more tactical challenges that you came up with because I I got rare insight into a few of them and I just I find them to be so so interesting and so friends I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you um and you know Lanisha tell it tell us more about this but I remember sitting in an alcohol board I can't remember what it's called like a board meeting regulating industries regulate yeah whatever whatever it's called 
And and you were trying to get your liquor license and you were trying to get it within a, a densely populated, boozy area. And it was just really interesting, like watching you go through this process. But one of the things that really struck me, I remember sitting in this in the in this meeting and I couldn't even tell you who said it. But you had circulated a petition to to allow you to operate within this neighborhood. You had to get your neighborhood buy-in. And I remember one of the guys at this meeting where we were reviewing this petition and talking about it, this guy was like, never have we had an alcohol-bearing institution uh, get not just one, but two vouches from schools. Usually schools are not like, hey, bring more, you know, alcohol based businesses into our community. But you you had their buy in. You got them. You got the the schools on board through your work. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Kind of take us through some of the challenge, those very, very tactical operational challenges that you came up against as you were trying to uh, maintain and then achieve the long term bliss vision. So we knew that um, that could have been a hindrance, uh, getting a liquor license within being so close to two schools, um, kind of three. Um, so how I, w- I, I went about that, and we just went to the schools first. Say, mm-hmm. hey, we're trying to open up in this space over here. So before you get this petition or this voting coming into your 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 mailbox i want to let you know about bliss this is what we stand for we're here for community we're here for outreach we're here for books and literacy and i think what really sold them is was like and we'll give teachers a discount (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do man like no they were they were all for a bookstore Teachers deserve all the discounts in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything should be free. (laughs) And so, but I was telling them, you know, that we are an independent bookstore and I was kind of just telling them our story and how we kind of come, uh, came about and and the direction that we want to go towards in spotlight, uh, spotlight locals and things along that nature. And they were just like, this sounds amazing. Why would we block this? And, and so I think the thing was, if you just see like a, a little insert of a paragraph of somebody wanting to get a liquor license you don't get the backstory right you just see that a place is here and they're gonna throw parties and and, and serve liquor yeah yeah (laughs) so i wanted to make sure that they had a backstory so we did that to their um to both of the schools we attended uh some board meetings um and they kind of talked about it i was able to speak to them a little bit more in detail about who we were and they were just like yeah this is great and they you know, sent over a letter of support and we went into regulated industries, you know, beforehand because we knew that they were going to decline us because it is a heavily dense population with already have maybe like 11 uh, tavern licenses in this yeah. in this area. So we were trying to just kind of be proactive. Yeah. And say, yeah, I know that you're going to deny us, but here is what we already have. These people are already supporting us. Our community is already behind us. Um, so... We went into there knowing that they were going to deny us and why and we had in our pocket why they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that proactive approach. And I just I think I, I remember even thinking at the time, like kind of what because I, I got to see a lot of this process uh, is, is like this this third party observer. I got to see the 10,000 foot view from the outside. And like, I don't e- I am positive that I don't even know everything that you had to do to bring your brick and mortar to fruition. But I do know 
that one of the things that has been integral to that whole process, but really all of bliss processes is there's this saying in DEIB circles, and I'm sure you've probably heard it, but it's nothing about us without us. And so I love the fact that seems to be kind of one of your operational values. Like if we're going to go into this neighborhood and we're going to change the neighborhood, then we need to talk to the neighborhood. We need to involve the schools. We need to involve the businesses nearby. You know, if we're going to be operating during a pandemic, we need to ask our members and the folks who follow us, like, what kind of books do you want to read? What do you want to see out of a, out of this community bookstore? Like at every point in the process, you have done an amazing job of involving the people who will be impacted. And I have to say, that's that's unique. That's rare. You don't always see that. Like more often than not, you see businesses come in and they're like, this is our goal. We're going to do it and hang all the rest. But you've done just an incredible job of asking the community to sit at your table and to talk about these things and to make sure that you are innovating and that you're driving change without exploiting people in the community around you. So yeah, I just want to commend you for that. <laughs> it's their table too, right? I mean, what's the point of having a bookstore with books that nobody want to read? No, I yeah. want this to be your bookstore. So I want you to tell me what kind of books that you have. Uh, I'm working next door to Mother Earth's Coffee. Uh, so, hey, books and coffee also go together. So you they sure do. your coffee <laughs> over here and drink your coffee while you're here reading a book. Like I wanted it to be a partnership. So um, the focus is I don't want to come in here and inst dictate to the community i want the community to feel like it's theirs and i'm just here managing it <laughs> yeah well and i mean honestly like i i think that you and i have that in common that's kind of how i view innovate her kc it's like this is not my thing this is a a resource but this belongs to all of us i just yeah. happen to be the one who has to like stamp the papers and dot the i's and cross the t's right um so so i that piece of your journey speaks to me. Just the fact that you are, you're so in it with the community around you. Now, I will tell you, if you're looking for people who are in it with you, friends, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Friends, we are here today with Lanisha Frazier, co-founder of Bliss Books and Wine, and we're talking about a journey. We're talking about Lanisha's journey, but we're, we're really talking about the community's journey. And so the next kind of direction that I want to go, I want to talk to you about the tactical piece of building community. We've kind of talked around it a little bit, you know, just making sure that you're involving people in the process. But talk to us a little bit more about how you approach community building, since that's such a huge part of what you do. And one of the things that you've done well, and I haven't mentioned this yet, is Bliss has become known for building diverse and inclusive community. Um, and, and, and I just think that that is so key. So talk to us a little bit about your methodologies there. How are you getting people's support, their buy-in around what you're trying to build? Are there tactical pieces of advice that you can give to our listeners? You know, I don't, I don't know if it's more like a strategy that I'm, you know, that I'm implementing more so just, I'm just being open-hearted and, and kind and humbled. Well, right? that's just, that's who you are. 
<laughs> and so I want everybody to feel included. This is an inclusive space. It's, it's like-minded individuals, but it's inclusive. It's for, for everybody. So I don't want anybody to feel left out. It was it was a time where I had a couple uh, women in wheelchairs in here um, for the first time. And so my eyes got really big and I am like paying attention to them through the entire time that they're in the store yeah. to make sure that I had everything in place to where they were able to access it easily. Now right. it's just like, okay, does that need to be moved? Does this need to be lower? How down? wide are the aisles between bookshelves? Yes. Like yes. somebody's going to cut a corner coming around that turn, you know? <laughs> yep. So yeah. I was just making sure like, oh, when they come up to the checkout counter is, you know, I know that I had it at the right height because I took measurements and I looked at the, the requirements online, but I wanted to make sure that it actually functionally worked, you know, yeah. things along that nature. So it's just, you know, <sighs> It's just going off of personalities uh, of, of who you are and who you want to be included. Because it doesn't feel good to be excluded from anything. Right. So why, I don't like it. You know, I want to be at the table. I want to be included. I want my opinions to be heard and valued. So I yeah. also want people around me to, to feel the same exact way. Yeah. So. Well, I, you know, I just, I adore that. I, I don't know how helpful it is to our listeners. So basically, Lanisha says, if you want to have an inclusive community lens, just be that person. Uh, <laughs> you, you have to ask. You ask. You ask, your, you ask the people that are close to you. You ask yeah. the people that are in your circle. You ask innovate hers. Hey, am I missing something? You know, so yeah. you don't, I don't go into the situation thinking I know it all because I don't. So I mean, I assume, assume that you don't like right. even more so than just like you, you have to completely change your paradigm and realize that I actually know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. So I'm going yeah. to surround myself with people who know things and know people who know things. So yeah. then I can ask the question, hey, what is that? What does that even mean? Oh, I don't know. Let me look this up. Hey, do you know what that means? You know, it's just it's it's basically like constantly giving surveys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. constantly feeling people out and saying oh well that's a good idea and then when they come in and I go well what do you what do you like to see yeah how, how did that work for you um I, or I'm open to suggestions let me know what what goes what works best and we could always you know reword it and reroute it and and make it work for everybody yeah so. well and I want to I'm going to draw a through line here because okay. I I think it's really really important that we do this so we talk about the inclusive lens. We talk about the community lens and it's something that you and I both share. And I'm just, I, I love that. Like we, we talk about these things a lot when we go out for like coffee or happy hour or something like that. Like this is the shit that we talk about guys. We talk about like how to build inclusive communities. Sometimes we talk about shoes and stuff, but most of the time we're talking about like the big ideas out there and yeah. why we do the work. So I'm get, but now I want to draw a through line to the benefit because when you build inclusive community, particularly communities that see and acknowledge folks who have been excluded, there's a lot of power in that. And so I'm going to point to your fundraiser. When you were finally ready to open up your brick and mortar, Bliss Books and Wine wanted to raise, was it $40,000 yeah. in order to open that, open their brick and mortar? And I have to tell you, I have I know that it was a slog on your end, but like on the uh, just on the outside looking in, it was incredible to watch the entire community come behind 
and behind Bliss Books and Wine and be like, take my money. We're going to share this thing. Like it was like the whole community that you had very intentionally and inclusively built. They were so invested because of the messaging and because of what you were trying to build because it was going to be their space too, that when it came time to make the ask, to raise the money, to actually do the thing, to make it happen, you had the buy-in that you needed. You had the people behind you. You already had the people and the relationships in place that were going to bring you to your goal. And so for me, like that's, it's not why you do the work, but it's definitely a huge added benefit by building that inclusive community. You find the support that you need to accomplish your big goals, right? Is that kind of how you view it? Like how you saw things happen? Yeah, I cried every day with my <laughs> sister. <laughs> every time somebody donated, whether it's $5 or $1,000, I cried every day. But yes, I think that was that was how we approached it is we we gathered the community first and we took their ideas and we and we implemented our own and then they were able to to buy into it and and say well we want that that sounds amazing let's yeah. do it when we exactly. want we want a part of it and i think that's what it was everybody wanted a part of it everybody wanted to be a part of the community and i think our community takes pride into saying I, I help them open, you know? I, I'm going to be real great. honest with you, Lanisha. I totally do that too. I'm like, look, they did all the work, but like I was there and I helped, you know? Yes. like that, And it's great. I love it when yeah. they come in and go, hey, I donated. when, And I'm like, oh my God, hey, you so much. <laughs> you know? And I love it. And I was like, well, look at your store. Look at it. How did it turn out? You know, type of yeah. thing. And they're just like, we love it. And I'm like, great. Well, and you of know? course they love it because at every point along the journey, you got their feedback and you got their buy-in and you built this really strong foundation of advocates and brand fans and champions and people who like Lanisha and Lene have created the kind of the kind of organization, the kind of startup, whatever you want to call it, the kind of company that people really, really get behind and they they galvanize around it because to your point, they feel that sense of ownership. You have asked them for their way in. You implemented their ideas. You asked for their help. Um, and, and then they they delivered because they felt yeah. like they were a part of it. And I just think it's so key and so crucial for all of us founders out there. Like, find your people. And it could be three people around you. It could also be 30,000 people around you. Whatever that looks like for you find your people, they're going to make your job that much easier because they're going to then advocate to others and do the things that you have to do in your day to day. And so, so yeah. running a business is hard, but if you put the right people who understand and believe the mission and live the mission, your job is going to be much easier in the long run. Is that is that what you found? That's what I've found. How about you? Absolutely. Hands down. This is when, when you find your, like when, I can't remember the exact moment when it happened, but I remember we were just like, Melanie was like, and we found our tribe. Like, it was just yeah. like, these are our people. They get it. They understand the why and they get it. It was just like, oh, this is great. We found our people. These are our people. They love to read. They like to drink wine. And, and, and or either or, you don't even have to do both. Yeah. I, I think the beauty of Bliss was that we have a little bit of something for everybody. It's like, 
however you can find your bliss, we want you to find it here. So if it's sitting on the couch, being quiet and reading your book, come on in. If it's sitting at the bar, talking to your girlfriends or boyfriends, come on in. If it's sitting in the podcast room or if it's in the tranquility room, meditating and journaling and yoga, like it's just so many different avenues where you can find your bliss. That's what makes it inclusive. And so we have many people. Yeah. So, you know, we have different pockets of people and I just, and I love that. Yeah. Well, I love that too. And, and I, I want to explore just a little bit kind of, again, tactically what your day-to-day looks like. Like I know that Bliss enjoys a very, very diverse customer base. I've seen it. Like I walk into the store and I look around and I'm just like, this community is reflective of the outer community. And that makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, but then I, I'm really curious to hear about the day-to-day. Like, so so thus far on the journey, we've talked about the idea. We've talked about some of the things that it took to get there, some of the challenges that you experienced. But now in the day-to-day, what do you see as the founder? What do you think has come to fruition as far as what Bliss is, is doing currently? Um, What I see when when I have, like, uh, customers walk in and, and I get... I get a couple different questions, but what I see is um, joy. When So a customer walks in and they see the types of books that we have and yeah. they see certain books um, being spotlighted and they're seeing um, faces that look like them, I yeah. think is, is, is the major thing. So, um, you know, you can go over to the fiction section and you see all kinds of fiction, but you also see black. Irvin fiction yeah right and that doesn't get spotlighted in a lot of places and and so when I found out that there were more than just you know Harry Potter or you know type of things but books that looked like me it was just like oh yeah we need to we need to spotlight that we need for the, the community to see these types of books here and don't get me wrong we have a, a great mixture of, of books because i read all kinds of well books you, you have an amazing selection but i will say that diverse authors are yes. very very evident and full disclosure friends lanisha right now is wearing a hogwarts t-shirt as we're talking about <laughs> harry potter i just I wanted to to note it like just to note that like i know y'all can't see her but i'm like dying laughing as she's talking about harry potter because i'm like you're wearing the shirt <laughs> i love harry potter yes uh, puff. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, so we we try to choose a di- a diverse um, selection. So we want we want your 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 you know every day that you see you know, white. I don't want to say that, but you know you see your white authors. You also see your Hispanic authors, and now we see our LGBTQ authors. We see our Black authors. We see all of these. I I read my first Native American fiction. Yeah. Ryan was blown. Well, guess what? That's coming into the store. Like, <laughs> I just, I want that diversity in here because, again, it's called inclusion, right? I want yeah. everybody to be able to read everything. And if we don't have it, dang it, I'll order it for you. You will get it. Yeah. You know, never, 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 ever forget that. And incidentally, your librarians and your booksellers, friends, they can be your best friends if you were like, they are the smartest people you are ever going to meet. And don't be afraid, but don't be afraid to ask. Like if you're looking for something, can't find it, 
I have yes. never met a more support, like a more supportive team than Lene and Lanisha when I'm looking for something. Uh, so just don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> but we, but we do that on purpose. So we, it, it, I guess that is a, str- a strategy. I, I guess I wouldn't never have called it that, but we want you to come in and have a taste of everything. Yeah, we, we want you to have a sample of everything. And so we strategically make sure that things are are being presented and represented correctly. Um, and if we don't have it, somebody say, hey, do you know this author and this and this is talking about this? And like, I sure don't, but I'm gonna get it in here. Thank you. Yeah. You know, type of thing. So. Well, I love that. And I think to kind of operationalize it a little bit, friends, because like not everybody is going to be able to go out and start their own bookstore. Not everybody wants to do that. That's not their journey. But the, the point is that if you are looking to build an inclusive team, if you are looking like not just diverse, but truly inclusive, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that the people you are asking to join your team and to do the mental and emotional labor, the lifting of being an other is part of a larger team. You have to make sure that those individuals are reflected in your team and in, in your market. So like one of the things that IHKC does I, I have tech founders call me all the time. And they're like, why don't women apply? And I'm like, the first thing that I always look at is their website. And I'm just like, look at look at your graphics. Look at your pictures. All we see are dominant majority faces. Mm-hmm. We don't see women. We don't see people of color. If I were to look at this, I would not think that this is a place where I would be welcomed because you're not showing me that this yeah. is a place where people who look, think, and act like me are already welcomed. Mm-hmm. And you're, do- you're doing that with Bliss. Like, hey, not only... Are you going to be able to come into this environment and have a good time? Like we're going to we're going to be hospitable toward you, but you're going to come in and you're going to find authors and books written by people who are reflective of who I am or reflected of the values that I hold. Mm-hmm. And that's a really exciting thing, particularly when you belong to a demographic group that that doesn't happen for very often, you know? Shout out to Lene on that. She she's yeah. very good with the marketing and the website and things along that nature to make sure that it's very reflective of what we want to see in here and yeah. what we want to bring. And we don't just try to focus on women. I know a lot of times that that is that is what is portrayed as well. But we also do like um, we're doing a, a stogie and, and spirit night for the guys with cigars and spirits and things like so because guys read too you know yeah. they do. so we have a whole section over and there they for should them. be applauded for that like yes. hey guys read like yeah. hey, hey, let's let's do book clubs let's talk together about ideas and books let's do it yeah well i i love that and i i all the congratulations to the in the world to you. I mean, I think you know how much I adore both you and Lene. And I, I love the Bliss mission. You've done you've just done such a fantastic job with it so far. What what's next? You know, as you get more comfortable in this uh, this business world and these things that you're doing, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about the next steps. I mean <laughs> That is like, incidentally, like, I don't know is totally a valid answer. (laughs) I mean, that is so loaded. I mean, um, what's next? I think we're just going to continue to try to um, grow our bliss events um, to where uh, we can bring in the community um, and kind of rally around. So like we do like teacher appreciation week and or mixers for teachers or uh, like I said, we're going to introduce the stogies and spirits for the guys. And hopefully we can introduce like a male book club. Like we have a couple yeah. guys that attend our book club, but you know, for the most part, it's a lot, it's 
predominantly women. So, okay, maybe they don't feel safe that way. So let's create a male book club, you know? So we're just trying to implement a little bit more of the events that Bliss is holding and hosting. And then, uh, I don't know from there. We'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Well, well, I'm going to be crossing my fingers for you. And if there's any way that Innovator can support, of course, let me know. Uh, We have come to the time in our program, ladies and gentlemen, where it's time for the human question. And I have a bit of a, like, I've been thinking about this question, like, kind of all throughout. And I think I know what I want to ask. I don't know exactly how I want to ask it. So I'm just going to give it a shot. But one of the things that I loved, for a period of time, you were doing book and wine pairings. You were like, oh, this Chardonnay would be really nice with this, like, really light kind of summery summer read and then we have this deep full-bodied red that's going to go with like Nabokov or something like like crime and punishment or something like yeah. that like a little heavier and I thought that was so funny and, and and you've talked about the different kinds of experiences that people can have in your space like the solo you know reader who just wants to read a book and drink a glass of wine and leave, everybody leave me alone or the people who come in for the book so what I want to know is tell us about your perfect bliss experience. Like, what does Lanisha like to experience as as bliss? What What do you want to do? <laughs> are you funny. Are you like a solo reader? Like, do you, is there like a particular wine and cheese pairing that you love with a specific book? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. I I am a mixture. So let's say that I was a cu- customer here at Bliss. I if I was meeting a group of friends here. Right. Let's say I'm meeting a group of friends here at seven. I'm going to come at five thirty so I can sit in the corner <laughs> and read. By I just my smacked my own forehead because that that's the, all right. Go, 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 go. Ahead. Got it. I'm going to sit in the corner <laughs> at five thirty and read a book by myself and have a glass of wine and relax and mentally prepare myself for the shenanigans that's about to occur with a group yeah. of my friends. So I am. If I'm reading by myself, I'm probably going to have like a, a, a full body read and I'm just going to be deep in thought and, and fantasy or whatever and just internalizing and relaxing. And then it, the night will progress from there to okay. something very fun and bubbly and exciting. Well, and I, I love that the night progresses after the first glass of wine because that's yes. when you start to see like the really fun part. Yes. <laughs> Well, I I love that. And I got to tell you, Lanisha, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's always a delight to talk to you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. It's all of the above. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. I love your face and I love your heart. And I also love Full Scale. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, Full Scale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. And friends, I'm going to, once again, I'm going to put out the call to action. So I'm speaking on behalf of all of the the Startup Hustle hosts out there in the world, Um, but we... We want to hear from you. Uh, we do this work for you. We don't do it for us. It's certainly fun for us, but we we do it because we want to help founders tell the real stories of entrepreneurship, the challenges, the triumphs, all of these day-to-day things that we struggle with. Um, we hope that you can learn from our mistakes 
And so I'm going to ask you, tell us what you want to hear about. Reach out to us. There's a Startup Hustle chat group on Facebook. You can suggest guests at startuphustle.xyz or check the show notes for more information. But tell us the stories that you want to hear. Tell us about the founders, the journeys that you want to hear. And we will deliver because this is what we're doing it all for. So I, I invite you to reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking, feeling, what you need to hear. And I certainly invite you to keep on coming back. We love that you listen to us week after week. And we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io. Helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.